Hey everybody, this is Issa Cosette and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know you needed. You didn't know we existed, but somehow you are here and we're so glad to have you. Um, This week we have a wonderful guest with us, one of my good, good, good friends, and I'm so happy to have her because um, actually when I first met her was in my second semester in the department at the University of Puerto Rico and um, I wasn't in the English department yet but I was just kind of um, taking some classes to fill it out and dude like she just has this crazy style I was like you know how you see someone you're like oh I want to be their friend but you're not really sure how well that's how it is her name is Malise and I'm just blessed to have her with me but yeah so I met her in class y'all and um Pretty much that semester, her and a lot of her other friends took me under their wings and pretty much never let me go, and I'm so excited um, to have uh, her with us today. Say what's up to my friend. Hi. Hi, Ethan. Thank you for inviting me and for that beautiful introduction. Thanks. You know, I try, you know, to hide my people up a little bit. <laughs> um, but see, you know, on Issa's way, guys, we usually talk about spirituality, identity, and poetry, and we have some good stuff for you today, and Norma's going to just share with us her experience being Puerto Rican, and how her passions and her identity have driven her around the world, and have led her research in film and Caribbean film, to be specific, and i um, super excited to hear her story well i've heard it but also for to allow her to share the story with you guys and also to share a cool poem with us at the end so um this will be super cool um malice tell us about yourself well what can i say um i'm from utuado uh which is a a a town in the mountainside of puerto rico um i am currently a graduate student, doctoral student oh, at yeah. the English department, yeah, uh, where Isa is too, at the University of Puerto Rico, and I'm also an instructor. Uh, I teach undergraduate courses at, at UPR in Tio Piedras. Goals. Yeah, and I'm currently working on my dissertation project, and what else can I say about myself? Well, I come from a big family. I have three older sisters, three nephews that I adore, and I guess that's mostly it. I am really passionate about film, and that's why I'm writing about it. And okay. I've been really interested in it since I was a teenager. So it's I've dedicated, I guess, half of my life to study and read about about film. So how do you feel your identity, like being Puerto Rican, or what introduced you first of all to film? Oh, well, my dad. Okay. Uh, my dad, uh, he is, um, he collects music and books and films, and he became interested in film when he was a college student at UPR. Like, he moved from Mutuado to Rio Piedras um, to study, and over there he discovered this whole new world and a world of film. And while I was a teenager, he started collecting movies. So I started watching films that I didn't, you know, had an idea existed outside of Hollywood films. And there was this particular movie that I watched um, when I was 16, uh, Taxi Driver, Scorsese's film. And somehow it spoke to me. And I was like, well, I want to make something like that someday. I want to be able to write and to make something that can make other people feel something 
And that's how I became interested in film, mostly because I wanted to make, well, I still do, want to make films, mm -hmm. right? But then it kind of like my journey took me to other places. Is Taxi Driver like based in Puerto Rico or where is it based? I haven't seen oh, that it's one. in New York. Okay. And it's the story of, uh, well, the main character is played by Robert De Niro. And it's this man who comes back from war and he feels like um, he doesn't have a place in society he doesn't yeah. fit in and he wants to find a purpose in his life and he takes this job as a taxi driver to you know um, drive around the city at night so mm -hmm. we see the city at night and he connects with people okay. uh, you know through that or, or tries to okay. but he has trouble connecting right. as we all do with communication or just finding trying to integrate ourselves and i feel like okay there was a time where you got to study out of puerto rico right yeah so how was that experience being I guess an outsider international student, right? And your perspective on Phil, how did that go in your journey? Well, um, okay, I went to, Cali I moved to California for my master's to go to film school. And I think that film school was an essential part, you know, of, of, of shaping also my perspective on film. Um, I, I was more interested in Hollywood films at that time. Okay. Uh, not so much on, on Caribbean. I didn't know anything wow. about Caribbean cinema, uh, to be honest. I think at a class, I, I, we watched a Cuban film and that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. But um, then I took, I decided to take a, a Korean cinema class and then we went to Korea to South Korea to a film festival and I watched other things that were international and and my eyes started to opening up to other things right and I was like well there's more to it than I than I thought and and I started to ask myself but what about us right yeah. uh, what about uh, Puerto Rican cinema what about Puerto Rican actors um, and then I became interested in Jose Ferrer which is, um, he was a Puerto Rican actor in the 50s in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, he was the first Latin American actor to win an Oscar for Best Actor. And I was like, why don't we know anything about right. him, right? And I started to do research and it became my main focus, okay. right? And after I graduated, um, I went to work at a film festival in Newport Beach uh, doing programming. So I programmed there for a while on Latin American films word that's awesome yeah and i decided to move back home i missed it you know yeah. it was not the same i wanted to be back and i was like well, what about caribbean cinema and i decided to go to upr to ask if i could write about it's funny cinema. how that comes back in circle like your dad studied there and he found a passion for it and then like passed it on to you and you were able to like leave and then it's funny also like as a traveler I, I found a lot of self and I connect more to my Liberian roots now that I'm away from home, right? Yeah. So you miss it. For example, a lot of my cooking, a lot of my passions come for wanting to be able to reconnect. So you came back, you know, and now you're able to, you're almost finished. You know, it's not like you just started your doctorate. You're like almost there. So yeah. that's a big step. Um, I think it's very Caribbean. You know, this whole issue of like a, like a circle, mm -hmm. right? And, and we see it, and you know, of course, a lot of it on, on Caribbean literature and Caribbean fiction. And and now that I think about it and I'm talking about it with you, it, it, it feels like, yeah, it is about us because I can see it too, you know? Exactly. It's all about that journey. So in this space, you know, being Puerto Rican, being able to see films, not only just from a Puerto Rican's perspective, you looked at Hollywood, you've seen international films. Um and you were also able to say, 
finding these highlights of these people who weren't being able to be represented or recognized, right? Because we're all, the media just only highlights what's happening in the States. And I don't feel like that's fair because I myself didn't know anything about Caribbean literature before I came to the department. And I feel like what kept me there was finding similar stories that connected to my Afro, like literally African American or Liberian American, I would say, you know, experience. Um, but also when I came here, before I got to the English department, um, my struggle was I really wanted to seem or get connected with the Afro-Latino community, right? So my identity really was shaped or um, with learning languages was trying to find myself in those spaces and trying to find representation of, okay, well, we eat the same food or we look the same, but what else? But like, um, sometimes I didn't feel like I had the words to express myself because like my Spanish wasn't as well as it is now at the time when I first came like six years ago. Um, so, but now I've been able to grow and people understand me now they know my work and they know what I'm doing. So I feel like it's not as challenging, but I guess I'm like saying all this to say, how do you feel? Um, or do you feel like your identity may change when you speak English versus when you speak Spanish? Ah, yeah, I'm yes. like, say all of that to say. <laughs> yes, it does. Actually, I struggled a lot with English when I moved to California. Um, my English wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds not, great now. Yes, mm -hmm. not speaking or writing or reading or anything. It was kind of bad. Okay. And um, I had trouble like while making friends. Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand uh, the jokes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you need to to be acquainted with the language to be able to to see the like undertones. I, I right. Think, yeah, you can say it that <laughs> that way. And I couldn't, I couldn't pick it up. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't make jokes, and I couldn't understand jokes, and, or a lot of references to, to culture or to other things. Um, I was just completely oblivious about it, and and I was sh more shy and more quiet um, because I, I I feel like I couldn't be myself. Right. I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to. Because you have the words, or yeah. you know, like I've noticed, for example, there's, and I find myself now that like. I don't speak as like I speak more Spanish than I do English sometimes. Um, but I found words that I can only explain in Spanish that I can't say in English. I'm like, okay, and I forget the English word. But that's because now I've had that confidence. But before, when I didn't have those words to express my feelings, I felt like I couldn't make friends, or I was always yeah. kind of left out of the jokes that you were saying because it's just like, okay, well, I don't understand what they're saying, and. Um, it also made me like not want to like try sometimes, you yeah. know, because you're you're missing your family. You know, you're not really from the culture. You're still trying to find your own way, and just like changing languages, like those code switching is a headache and it's tiring. I remember just mentally being so drained every day coming from work and home yeah. and just like crying because it was just like, well, what am I supposed to do? And then I'm also like, well, you're the one who wanted to come to Puerto Rico, <laughs> so like. You gotta, you gotta thug it out. You gotta like immerse yourself. So that's when I definitely started putting myself in uh, more circles. But um, when did you feel that you were both yourself, my least in in the in the both languages? Um, wow. I guess at the end of my time in California, it was like three years. It took me a long time uh, because I have problems making friends, mm -hmm. right? So it it was reflected uh, all of that. But I feel like, and this is not me promoting the English department, but here in Puerto Rico, while I was at the English department, um, I was able to be more myself, mm -hmm. right? Um, we speak English every time we go through those doors, mm -hmm. right? And, and over there finding other people with my same interests and my same culture, right? Because yeah. we could understand each other. Um, 
I was able to be more of myself and to, I guess, develop a personality mm -hmm. in English. Yeah. Um, and I still feel like it's a different personality from Spanish. See? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I have the uh, professor personality, the, you know. Okay, the, yeah. because you have that associated with English. Yeah. Right? And so in Spanish, you're just more like self. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm still myself, but. In like a profession. Yeah, like I'm more professional sí. way okay. that in my everyday, you okay. know, that when I'm speaking Spanish, um, it's more colloquial than than English. I don't, I don't know if I, I'm still, I mean, I'm not a native speaker, so I don't think I'm at that point where I can be like super colloquial and like, right. you know, like in, in Spanish. Ooh, I don't know if I'm, um, sometimes I feel like it's, no, like it's normal, but it's not normal because it's not my native language, but it's like, like I, I feel like I speak like 35, maybe 65, like 35% Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> like 65% English, you know? And like, especially with Oscar, I'll be like, okay, well, he just speaks Spanish and then I'll speak English. Or then like, if I get really excited, um, like I'll speak Spanish or like if I have to. But it's funny because like, I'm a very confident person in English. Um, but in Spanish, like, you can, I find those fears. I'm like, oh, man. Or especially when I have to talk to someone who's never talked me, to me before. I'm like, oh, they're going to know I'm not from here. They're going to hear my accent uh, and they're yeah. going to treat me. And, like, I really hate when people will be like, we can speak in English. And it's just like, no, let me work practice, at it. Yeah. Let me practice. Um, and I found myself not getting so upset at people trying to speak English with me now. But it's also like, um dude like i've lived here for a while now like you don't have to do this to me but there's been um situations where people weren't listening to me and my voice wasn't heard because they heard my accent they heard gringa and it's just like whoa no yeah. like you know what i'm saying like we're gonna end this right here and you're gonna listen to me so i have to really fight and challenge to make people respect to me that they knew that i could speak spanish so i feel like with me trying to be like accepted into the community also respect the puerto rican community and also find myself um that's why i feel like that's been my motivation to hold on to language opposed to just like coming here and be like well everyone speaks english anyway i'm in the english department there's no point of me um learning but i feel like like you said i found myself more in the english department because even though i was in the department i still lived my life in puerto rico i was always in bombazos i was always luchando and i had gente. like finding ways to participate with the community while being self right and i feel like that's very important as a traveler and people who study abroad or decide to leave town is finding those spaces where you can still be yourself and still find your voice and connect with people because your experiences change your networking change and you're able to build and connect and grow and have interesting communication and conversations with people that you wouldn't if you were f like i guess scared to speak another language or try so i think it's beautiful that you got to go back out to come back in and like though it was a traumatic experience or a different challenging experience in california when you came back home it was an enriching experience in the english department and um that's why i feel happens with language yeah i think it's interesting how for both of us school was like a major part of it right yeah finding people in school that have some interests or similar interests that could help us uh be part of the culture mm -hmm. and, and as students i think it's it's really important and, and awesome that we both even though it's different countries it's school that plays exactly know? that held that was okay you don't have to um be there you can read the text you can watch these films you can listen to this music and feel 
connected or identify with it right and then find a way to be make sure that they're highlighted like these stories and these voices that i search for and not only just on the island but of all the wonderful people that i met because i think it's very important that we understand that we are here you know and um our stories matter and there's many voices many experiences that need to be um challenged to put out there because i feel like once again i'm talked about how sometimes we feel like we need to be super ready or super prepared to start something or like imagine if you waited till you spoke perfect English before applying to the English department you know or imagine if I waited till I spoke perfect Spanish to come to Puerto Rico like we can't always wait for those perfect moments but we can always try to just do our best and release the rest you know yeah so I think that's beautiful that school has moved us forward towards our goals you know you leading towards in film and me with my poetry and just um, what do you feel in this in these last few steps of your doctor? What's inspiring you right now in your life? In my life, uh, I think my dissertation is inspired me mm-hmm. because it has helped me to to get to know other women around the Caribbean um, who share a passion for film and for art and who wants to who want to tell stories, their stories. Mm-hmm. Can you tell, sorry, I don't know if you got to explain a little bit what your dissertation is about. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. Um, my dissertation is a study of the construction of the feminine and the queer on a selection of contemporary Caribbean films directed by women. Okay. Um, and they've all written and directed these films uh, in English or French. Okay. Right? Um, I decided to do that because, you know, there has been a lot of written about Cuban cinema and Dominican cinema, and, and, and these women, you know, uh, have a voice, and and their voice has inspired me, right, um, to look more into their work and also to motivate myself to start thinking again um, about making a film, yeah, and, and to tell um, other stories that I feel like need to be told um, about women and their experience in the Caribbean. Yeah, the thing that's beautiful about finding the experience about women also at them just the english and also francophone experience in the caribbean because also like the anglophone is married it's more pushed because people think of like when you hear caribbean you think about jamaica you think about okay with the Dominican republic some sometimes people don't really put puerto rico in there which is interesting or i don't know if puerto rico don't put themselves but um that's a challenge but i look forward to seeing what you can do with women representation and also with the queer movement that's very interesting right because we are here and usually men and typically white men yeah. you know their perspective are the only ones that's being out there so i can't wait to see where your project um leads you your dissertation i wish you all the best um i know you're gonna share a wonderful poem with us um i'm excited what's the poem called and who it's by who is it by okay the poem is called love after love and it's by um Derek Walcott, which is one of the most recognized um, playwrights and poets uh, from the Caribbean. He's from San Lucia. And I think it's it goes with the podcast in the sense that, you know, talking about love and appreciation uh, here, it's important and relevant. And, and this poem is all about that, about self-love. Mm-hmm. So it's called Love After Love. The time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror and each will smile at the other's welcome and say sit here eat you will love again the stranger who was yourself 
Give wine, give bread. Give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignore for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your life. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Yes, it is. And it's, and you know, it's, it's a good read for those times when you need to remind yourself. Exactly. That self-love, that self-discovery. Dis- like, and you go through that through different experiences, especially when you are out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. So whether you're chasing your passions um, internationally, whether you're starting a new hobby, whether you're going on a date with someone from Tinder, right? You never know. Like, okay, should I, right? You're going to read something, and these are one of these poems you come back to, you just sit down and reflect on. And um, yeah, Mr. Walcott's amazing. God bless his soul. And... Norma, I'm so happy to have you, aka Marlise. <laughs> Thank you for inviting <laughs> With me. me. Um, usually, as we come to a close, I like to ask all of my guests, "How are you on your way?" Um, how am I on my way? I guess by working every day, um, a little bit, even if it's a little towards my goals, uh, which right now it's you know finishing the dissertation. You got and, this. Yeah, and, and it will be read something you know and also showing myself a little love I appreciate mm. myself and I don't know maybe it's a cup of tea or an episode of a show that I enjoy but uh, that also helps me to you know move forward uh, and and be on my way to what I want to accomplish oh that's so beautiful I'm so happy that you got to join us my lease it's been a pleasure please Thank tell you. the people where can they find you? Shout out your show too. Okay, uh, I'm on Twitter uh, and on Instagram, and I believe it's the same um, name. Uh, it's Maliz, which is M A L I Z underscore I A. Um, so you can find me there and follow me. Uh, I post um, a lot of pictures of myself. <laughs> <laughs> show her love. She's beautiful. Man, hop in her DMs if you like. Only if you live in Puerto Rico and you have good intentions and you love film and Caribbean stuff. Thank you so much again, my lease has been a pleasure. Everyone, be blessed.